When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. At Stangy Law Firm, we represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. day everyone welcome back to hybrid fitness media podcast i'm your host mappy davis bringing you these episodes every week we call it the hfm podcast or the the mothership podcast and then we've got dylan scott the hybrid raccoon with his own show the hybrid dive coming into you every wednesday today's episode with anthony parasini aka wild parasini we're going to get to him in a minute also want to quickly remind you, you can support this show by the donating through Buy Us a Cup of Coffee. That's right. You can buy us a cup of coffee or two or three, or you can do it every single month. Go to buymeacupofcoffee.com slash hybridfitnessmedia, or go to the link right on this show. Just touch it right there on your phone. Anthony Parasini, yes, you may know him as Lauren Weeks' wife, ha! as Lauren Weeks' husband, did you also know that he's Lauren Weeks' coach? I called them the Shane and Tia of High Rocks, maybe, of Hybrid Fitness. We'll get to that. And I already like this guy. You know, we've been talking in real life and in uh, over social for the last couple of years. And uh, this conversation I liked even more. So let's get to it. Me and Anthony, away we go. You and I have been communicating via text and DM for what feels like forever, but we have met in person. Yep. We've actually met in person a few times. I was trying to figure out the first time, but I don't know well, if there were. I want to say, well, so my first High Rocks was February 2020 Chicago. Was that the Invitational or was that Dallas later the Invitational? No, Dallas was the Invitational. So uh, were you invited to the Invitational? Was I? Was no. she? Was Lauren? She was. Yeah. So she, uh, Lauren's done uh, almost... A whole bunch of U.S. High Rocks has ever since Miami 2019. Right. But that first one in Chicago, I just I definitely remember meeting you and and both of you and interviewing kind of like everybody on that at that Chicago event. So I think Chicago, there might have been two of them in 2020. Right. Uh, um, so I'd have to look it up. But so the first one in Chicago was in January of 2020. And I remember it because it was the first place we ever heard about COVID. We were in the hotel room and we heard, oh, there's a place, there's a case of COVID at the Illinois airport. Or oh, wow. Like oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I met I met you and then Rachel was there, Vondrak and her husband, right? Or boyfriend. So that was, that was later 2020 or that was 2021 because 2020, it was Faye, uh, Faye Stenning, uh, Morgan Schultz, Alyssa Hawley, Rebecca Hammond, and Lauren were the like the five girls. And Lauren, what about Corinna? She wasn't at that one, I don't think. But she was at the Invitational one. 
So she was at the one after the Invitational. So that was the first U.S. Championships. Was right. That's why it's so confusing because there was an Invitational, then a Championships. So that's why I get those confused all the time. Yeah. So it went. It went. Uh, if I remember right, I can list them off. It goes Miami, Chicago, Dallas, and then there was the Elite Twelve uh, that they ran on the treadmills. Right. At the first race after that was. The Dallas Invitational, where Rachel Schreiber at the time, now Vonderack, right, and Rebecca Hammond were at, and it was like Corinna and all those girls got invited, right. And then the race after that was the very first like regional or major was their U.S. Championships in Chicago, right. So, and that's that's where they all is. That's the first place we met. I kid, dude. I don't fucking know now. I don't know. You very <laughs> much confuse me. I should. I should. <laughs> I, I know that I was at those. I, I missed the Miami. It was this thing that Hunter messaged me about. He said, Matt, you should talk to these guys. They're trying to grow this thing. I'm doing it. Kempson is doing it. Ryan Kent is doing it. Like, you know, that was back when all the guys, like, did Sims in their house and Bracken. And, and they're like, oh, we're all going to break an hour. And then they all did not break an hour. Um, remember that? I remember that. We did because – we started doing it as well. Lauren did Sims and was like hitting like 63 minutes or 65 minutes in the Sims. And uh, we we're like, oh, we're going to crush the record. I told her, I was like, oh, you're going to go out there. It's going to be so great. You're going to go out there and win that extra $5,000 bonus for beating the record. Right. And uh, no, I mean, it was it was tough. Uh, she ended up, I think that very first race getting like 71, 71 and a half. So, so what is I know all the What's that? I said, I know all the guys also like, yeah, they, they all thought they were going to break the record. Everybody was all hyped up and they got out on the course. And the only one that like actually showed up was Hunter. And then Isaiah went unbroken on those wall balls. And I was at that race. So I remember, I remember that one pretty well. Did Isaiah finish second? Uh, he was third. I think, I think uh, Lucas Storath was second. Right. So what is your athletic background? Young man, did you compete in high school? Were you like a, like a wrestler, you look like you got that wrestler bod. Yeah, uh, I I did. I in high school I did a whole bunch of different sports: wrestling, football, baseball, and then uh, I went to college at Oregon State and I wrestled for Jim Zaleski and Troy Steiner there. Oh, uh, oh, and did <laughs> did uh, did wrestling for four years from 2007 to 2011, uh, and during that time my family back in las vegas started to get into like marathons and triathlons and stuff so after wrestling i had no idea what to do and i ended up running marathons and triathlons and uh trained my mom and my dad to do ironmans and uh, but back to back to oregon state did you have olympic dreams me no i was uh i was on varsity for three years but i was like a 50 50 wrestler so i was like eight and eight my very first varsity match was against the guy that took second in the nation that year from Boise State. It was Adam Hall, and uh, I was just trying to stay on my feet and not get pinned. Uh, versus, there's so many different levels. Like everybody's really good. Uh, I I went up one of my matches against Jordan Burroughs, who's a multi-time uh, world champion, Olympic champion now, and he. Uh, it's just a different level when you face somebody like that. It's they they know what you're gonna do before you know you're gonna do it. And it's uh 
just completely different levels. And uh, I was good. I was tough, but I wasn't, I, I was much more of a, I'm going to try to wear you down and I just outwork somebody. I, I had better conditioning than most pe- than even most of those wrestlers. So it was just getting to the end and winning that way. When you would lose to a guy like that, how did you take it? Uh, back then I was pretty young and I, you know, not good. Uh, I get fired up and probably just go back to the bench. And I remember when I, my first match at Taco Bell arena in Boise, I got pissed off, went back to the bench. They had uh, some stairs behind it where we had warmed up in the upper, in the upstairs area. So I just, I I left the bench, went upstairs uh, and I ran wind sprints like back and forth until my calves cramped because I was just, you know, pissed off. It's a, just, it's emotional sometimes when you, when that happens. And so, uh, you know, you try hard and work hard and to lose to someone in a match where it's just you versus them is, is tough to take it. But yeah. If I say the name, uh, loud and Swain, what does that mean to you? <laughs> uh, loud and Swain, uh, he can't hold his mud. He, uh, went on a vision quest, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were old enough. Because yeah. I don't know if that passes down to the younger generation. Oh. Do you want to explain what Vision Quest is? Yeah. Uh, so we would have we would host camps at, at Oregon State. We would host camps for the high schoolers every year, and uh, we'd always have Vision Quest night where we'd be wrestling, and we had a big like projector. We put it up on uh, on the screen, and Vision Quest would play. And people would dress up as different characters from Vision Quest. Right. Uh, we had a heavyweight that played Loud and Swain. Uh, everybody was just a different character from the movie. And uh, we'd be walking around like carrying logs with real short shorts. And <laughs> I, I don't, it, I don't know if you know this. Wrestlers were were fucking weird. Uh, so a lot of like going around. Some people would be shaving their head on the side so they could look like cooch uh right. other guys would yeah like i said they take logs and walk around and pretend they'd they'd be coaching with with as shoot and so do you, but do you think it's passed down because like now 80 what two three looks like 100 years ago so do you think like the high school kids today still watch vision quest i hope so there's not a lot of wrestling movies out there right so it's it's just one of the movies that I hope stuck around. It was, it was awesome. All right. Well, the listening audience, we'd love to hear from you. I want to know if you're... So I'm 51. How old are you? 34. Oh, my God. You're a lot younger than I thought. Uh, so if you're younger than 34, if you're in your 20s, do you know who, <laughs> do you know who Loudon Swain is? <laughs> I'm really glad to hear that it's, that it's even... That it's still a your generation. Because that's a pretty big jump. 10, 15 years. That's... That's, um, you know what I mean? Because like you would expect a movie like Top Gun, which is like around yeah. the same time, but that movie was like a phenomenon and took over the world. So I would expect this movie that. was a phenomenon or, or, or Rocky four, but vision quest is a little, it's more of a deep cut, right? So I'm really glad yep. that it, that it made it to, uh, to your generation. Good. Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> I love that movie. Uh, it's probably on Amazon they, if you guys want to watch it. So after wrestling, it was ran marathons. I did OCRs. I think I did my first OCR in like 2011 though. Which one? Uh, Muddy Buddy. Okay. I, I think my parents did the Muddy Buddy in Las Vegas and they told me to do one in, in uh, Oregon. 
I ran a terrain race uh, that year, I think. And I swear there's another one. I'm blanking on what it is. Where is Oregon State? Like Corvallis or something? Corvallis. Yeah. About hour and a half south of Portland. Right. Um, I did a Muddy Buddy in 2012, I think. Yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Muddy Buddy. They were they were they were before Spartan and Tough Mudder, to my knowledge. Um, and you would do it with a buddy, and one of you would would run uh, and do a few obstacles, and then you would trade and get on the bike and uh, one bike for two people, and it was uh, it was a hoot. Yeah, and they really made you go through a lot of mud. It's a lot of it's mud and like just kind of inflatable obstacles, nothing hard. Yeah. Um, but it was the first time I was even on a dirt bike and I don't know how long. And I remember going down these like steep hills and like, holy shit. Um, but yeah, Buddy Buddy was a good time. Uh, and they had huge sponsors. I mean, Muddy Buddy was huge. Uh, and then they were gone. They were just like, yeah, it was put on by the folks that run competitor magazine, I think. And then they didn't get their sponsor back or whatever. And it was like, you know, it was like Subaru, I think was the big sponsor. I don't, can't remember exactly. Or was, oh, that I, I, was that Merrill before Merrill? Did they have? Did Merrill have super have super down and dirty? I I don't know. I've been that was a long time ago. That did was. You do, did you ever do that one? The down and dirty? No, I didn't do that one. Oh, okay, so I was. So what were you doing for work back in 2011, 2012? Uh, so in after I graduated in 2011, I uh, I'm a I had my bachelor's degree in civil engineering. And I went and worked for an environmental remediation company for about 16 months. So uh, maybe a little bit longer, a year and a half. And then after that, I went back to school and got my master's degree and for another year and a half. In what? Civil engineering. And so, this is why you love to analyze data. Yeah, I think, I think civil engineering is a product of that. I think analyzing data has been a lot sooner than that, getting into... Uh, other things. I actually, I like to say I'm a fourth generation engineer. Oh, wow. My, my, uh, my great grandfather was the other kind of engineer on a railroad. So he was a, a railroad engineer. And then my grandpa was the president of Washington construction for 30 years. And my dad was the vice president of Las Vegas paving. And so another like heavy civil contractor, uh, my older sister is a professional engineer. My brother-in-law is a professional engineer. And I, when everybody was growing up and they were like, oh, what do you want to be when you're older? And people were like, I want to be a dinosaur. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be president. I was like, I'm going to be an engineer. So so growing up in Vegas, what's that like? Uh, it's, it's not, everything's open all the time. I had a huge culture shock when I was 18 years old and I lived in Vegas since I was five. 18 years old everything's open all the time you could go anywhere there's always lights on if you want food all of a sudden i go up to corvallis oregon and i try to go get dinner at 8 30 and everything's closed and i was like nothing's open uh and also like you know as you got older and you hit you know because you don't drink before you're 21 as you hit 21 and you're in college you uh you're not allowed to carry alcohol outside of a house and i didn't know that when I was in Corvallis, like apparently there's open carry laws in other places besides Las, Las Vegas, where we didn't get in trouble for that. So, you know, your, your dad's got the job that he's got. And I understand people don't live on the strip, but did you go to shows? Did you go see like, I don't know who was big back then. Danny Gans. 
Yeah, uh, actually, Danny Gans' son went to school. I went to school with his son before Danny Gans passed away. Uh, and R.I.P. Danny Gans. Yeah. All right. So we would go to shows like the Cirque du Soleil sometimes. Uh, we not really go on the strip all that much because it's it's just like the strip. So my friends and I, when we were in high school and we're 17, 18 years old, it, parking used to be free. So we'd go park at MGM or Excalibur. And you'd go downstairs, they had this like arcade game where you could go win plastic swords. Uh, and, and it was just like throw a dart, powerful balloon, you win a plastic sword, you win a shield. And then we'd just go like, we were weird. We'd go out on the strip and we'd walk it a little bit sometimes and just like fight each other with the swords. And people would be like, oh, can I take a picture? And you're like, yeah, sure. Because they think you're an actor on the strip, but instead you're just a weird high school kid. Well, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but the world championships for High Rocks were in Las Vegas last year. <laughs> yep. And I went for, I think, one run, maybe two. And, you know, I survived. It's pretty hot here. Uh, but I like, but I remember thinking, like, how does anybody live here? How does anybody train here? Air conditioning. Air conditioning is the best invention ever. Uh, I don't know. You ever watch uh, Arrested Development when they're down in Phoenix and burn their hand on the door? And they go, this place is a testament to testament to the arrogance of man that's that's what it's like it's we wouldn't live there without air conditioning so uh it's 90 degrees at night we used to go do things after the sun went down it would still be 90 95 degrees um i remember we would we'd head up to mount charleston because that was the closest mountain it was an hour drive away and it went from 118 degrees down to like 88 degrees so a 30 degree swing well, I just realized all the times I've been in Vegas now for obstacle racing. So remember Badass Dash? I remember Badass Dash. So they flew me out. They flew me out in 2014, and I had hooked up with the Rhino folks, and uh, uh, I actually slept in. Julie and I talked about this on a recent episode. I slept in that gym because, like, I was broke, and I was like, "Can I have a place to stay?" And she's like, "We'll send someone to give you a ride, and like, you can stay in the gym." I fucking slept in the gym. Um, but then World's Toughest for God was that three or four years that they that World's yeah. Toughest was there. Yeah, World's Toughest was at Lake Las Vegas. So I think did, it was four years, three years. Did you go? Did you crew? Did you volunteer? I I uh, I crewed one year for people, and then we always would have like the part of the Rhino community would run it. So we'd go visit and watch them on the obstacles at night or something, and cheer them on, take videos and pictures. I never did it myself. I. Don't know why. I, now looking back, I'm like, dang, I should have done that. I should have should have done these events that were in Las Vegas while I was living there. Yeah, uh, badass dash was inside of what casino was that? South Point Casino. South Point Casino, and you started in basically like like a, the horse arena. Yeah, so they had a rodeo arena for the. I think they were trying to get the NFR, or they had the NFR. And uh, I remember time to pull up the magic of YouTube because yeah, they, they had the, the coolest obstacle sequence I've ever seen. It was all the horse stalls, all the horse stalls had like 12 to 15 consecutive uh, seven foot walls. And you just had to like jump over, jump over, jump over, jump. And at the time I was not as fast as some of those guys, but I remember going over the walls because I could do muscle ups and I would, Muscle up over, muscle up over, wall to wall, and catch people on that. So it's possible you and I were in the same wave. Really? I was. I, well, I went with the elite heat that time, but I shouldn't have. 
But that's what I'm saying. Like, I no, I didn't. I ran a regular beat, but I filmed that. Let's see. Maybe we'll find you in this video. Do you ever? Do you remember ever seeing my video? Yeah, I think he sent it to me a few months ago. I remember there was a crawl uh, over some rocks, and I got a rock right at the right at my knee, like in my patellar tendon or something, and it uh, made my leg spasm and my IT band snapped. I got I had ITBS right before that, and I remember it snapped over my tibia at the time. And I was like in the bottom of the crawl, straightening my leg, like oh my god. So yeah, um, so there was these giant. Here's giant dirt. Oh, they threw balls at us. Remember that one? Yeah, yeah. They threw the balls at you. Stuff. You know, really basic. You know, this is 2014. A tire roll, a fucking. I mean, this is super basic, but it was really fun. I did. I did one lap the night before. They had me run with the crew Friday night. Then Saturday yeah. morning, I watched you guys. Uh, look how thin I was. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, and, yeah, these horse stalls, you can't even explain how hard it was because they're made of, like, shitty concrete. And, like, yeah, there's tables there. That was the open wave. There was tables. When we did it in the morning, the Elite Heater, when I did it the night before, you had to just literally chicken wing your way up. Yeah, it was exhausting. There were no, there were no tables uh, for the elite heat and the the fast waves and stuff. Uh, and they're they're like seven foot walls. They're masonry walls, so they it's just cinder block, cinder block, cinder block. You're getting scratched up, jumping down, and there's so many in a row. Hey, Ray, Ray's a rhino. He took first. Yes, like I said, super um, basic stuff. Looking back, but yeah. super fun. Stair yeah. climb, it was, right? little, little stadium action, some pallets. We uh, we built an obstacle. I don't know if it was this year or the following year. We built an obstacle there. We brought out some trussing. and <laughs> we looked, there's forward to... rolls. I forgot about those. <laughs> so they, uh, yeah, they wanted us to do that one, that tire one. I remember we spent hours building that tire obstacle. Big hay bales. Had to the hay these bales. are real hay bales. These are actual hay bales for the horses, not just like random hay bales. Yep. So some inside, some outside, kind of like a little stadium race, if you will. And then I love that they're throwing balls at us. That's amazing. That's awesome. So they came to my town. They came to Stone Mountain in Georgia uh, two years in a row, and I did the, both of those. And they were just like another good little race brand. And, yeah, there's the big stairs, just like a stadium race. So they also had, I don't know if you showed on here, a pool that you had to go through. You had to do something and then, like, swim through the pool that was like an above ground pool it was maybe that must 20 have been feet a long different year i think and it was at the beginning no i think that was a different year. maybe that was the second year i might be confusing the years yeah that might have been 2015 yeah it's amazing video work and this is like a gopro 2 or something oh yeah yeah this was this had the water is that what you're talking about there was a, yeah 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 you climbed up you climbed up the what do you call it? how can you describe this i think they call it the they called it like the down under or the Australian, Australian back crawl. Yeah. Australian back crawl. So you climb up, and a it's hill, a car- you climb up a hill backwards and there's water spraying on you. I mean, this yeah. is a good race for 2014. It was a really good race. The more I watch this, the more enjoyable it is. I mean, that looks like a ton of fun to do right now. Right. A bunch of sandbags filled with sands coming at you. Sandbags just hanging and swinging. So, oh yeah, they made you do monkey bars with the pull up. The sandbags are hanging and swinging, so if you shoot, if you like move one out of the way, it could hit somebody else in the face. And this was probably what a five k, maybe altogether. Ah, uh, yeah, I think it was a five k total, three mile course. So, little sandbag carry. This is a good time. 
Big slide at the end. I forgot about the slide. There was cars at the end. Yep. I remember that, right? Yep. I can't get yep. over you had to go up and over the cars. I can't get over how young I look. It's nine years ago. There's the cars, yeah. There we you go. You had to crawl through it. I think the thing that was hardest for me is I was a I was a little bigger. I got big shoulders and I they had like a like a two foot pipe that you had to crawl through. And I'm like, I'm not gonna fit. I'm gonna get stuck in the middle of this PVC plastic pipe. I'm not gonna be able to get out the other end. So you went so you went back to Vegas after college. Is that where we were? Yeah. So um uh, let's see, I ran I ran marathons and OCRs from twenty eleven to twenty fourteen. And in twenty fourteen I moved back to Las Vegas. Did you I got my master's degree? Did you bring notes to this podcast? Yeah, I absolutely did. I you didn't tell me what we were talking about. So I got I got notes of I got bullet points and pages of notes on my computer. I had no idea what we were talking about. So I got questions you possibly could have asked with responses. You are the most <laughs> engineer of any engineer I've ever interviewed. This is amazing. I, just, I, I can't stand to not be prepared. Tell me, tell everybody what I said when you asked me, what are we going to talk about? What did I say? You told me we we're going to talk about underwater basket weaving in the NFL. So I got notes on different cross stitches and wrong. I basket said, weave stitch. I said, no, I didn't say basket weaving. What did I say? Oh, I t- said we're going to talk about the basket weave stitch to whatever you you, you said something about needlepoint. Oh, that's right. I said you're like, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> and I was like, needlepoint, National Football League. Like, you know, what do you think we're going to fucking talk about? You know, what I mean, we're going we're <laughs> to talk about hybrid fitness and probably, you know, and probably something about Lauren. Maybe you know, what I mean, it's like, yeah, come on, what do you think we're going to talk about? So I gave you this wise ass answer, but I love it. I love that you came prepared. He's reading some of his notes. I love it. I don't judge you for it. It's hysterical. Uh, you and I would make a good, you and I would make a good, like, uh, I think like maybe an adventure race team. Cause you need the absolute dialed in guy, right. Which is you. And then you need the guy that's just like trusts his gut a little bit more and takes a little bit more chances, but we would balance each other out or we would kill each other. Yeah. Uh, one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> is Lauren more like me or more like you? Uh, she's not not the same way as as me like she'll get prepared for stuff but not uh not like this she 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 has answers more ready i'm not if, if i don't have something prepared i'm not as a uh, i'm not as couth i'm not like I'll, I'll just start spewing stuff off going down rabbit holes so I, I i need something that guides me so like if i take you to a party and people are talking to you you'll just you'll just start going and then it's like oh my god that guy's still talking yeah it depends on how comfortable i am with them but <laughs> Uh, the more, the more times I've been around people more and more, I'll, I'll start to loosen up a little bit. And once I do, I'll, then I start talking about things that nobody needs to hear. So, well, we are here to talk about you, but I do have to ask you for the record. Yeah. now Now that you're here to defend yourself. Um, did you in fact make your wife take home? a giant check and or prize that she did not want to take home and you demand. Yeah. She needs to, she needs to bring home all of the, like the awards, like, you know, she's in that time of her life where she's winning all these awards. She needs to bring them home so that when Lily grows up, she can see, Hey, look what mommy did, you know, but it's going to exist anyway. Right. I mean, it'll be on video or, well, now I can hang it on our wall. I like, I like that. I like that they're doing flags now instead of like the big checks so much and the, other things uh it's it's nice to just be able to roll up a flag in your suitcase and and bring it home and then you can hang it on the wall um the medals i mean we have a little metal hanger that i hang all the medals on but otherwise uh the checks the the last check 
did she tell you the last check she brought home from world championships the like big it was like a different type of plastic and she tried to fold it and bring it in her suitcase and it just snapped and she's got like shards of of check and like these other big pieces and she's like well i thought you'd still want it so she wants me to like she's like oh you'll just tape it together and i have like four or five pieces of giant check that i'm gonna tape together and but if anyone can do it it's you i mean listen i'm 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 more like you in that sense like i like why do it if it's not going to be on strava right like i'm that person so uh, I hate if I go on a run and I can't have it, not because anybody's going to see it but me, but I'm just that way. So so I would love to be more spiritual about it. And people are like, oh, man, just run without the watch. Just go for a run. And I'm like, no, I will not do that. No, I don't. I don't do that. So uh, just the other day, I was out on like a two mile ruck, just like walking. And I guess I I don't know if I forgot to turn my watch on or it didn't press right because I couldn't see it in the, in the like daylight because it wasn't bright enough. And I got back and I go to turn it off and it didn't run. And I was like, what's the point of even doing the walk? I, the I don't have the data. What's the point? I log everything. I, I have, I log everything that I do. And Lauren logs absolutely nothing. So I, for a while I would, uh, I would track for her. Like, oh, I just ask her, what'd you do today? Okay. So we got this and this, and I'd write it down in the notes in my phone. And then i uh, I would like put her times and stuff. So when it comes up again, I know what to like think about, but she, she'll do workouts where she doesn't put a clock on. And I'm like, why, why are you doing the workout? <laughs> I mean, I'm doing, but, these, no, I'm was... doing these very mini little workouts in my backyard, um, which I'm not even, I'm too, I'm too proud to even tell you what they are because the weights are so light, but like I'm keeping track in like my little notes app of what they are. And like, the f- and I was doing, I was thinking of it like a little hybrid workout. Like I was running to the stop sign and back, right? And so I measured what that was. But then one time, like I, I like ran shorter, but I added the sandbag and I had to type that part in. And it's like, Matt, who the fuck? Ca- Nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> but I did it anyway. Uh, so it's funny. My Dario and my buddy Dario and I joke a lot. He, we went on a trip together. He helped me film some stuff. And we went on this run. We were in Dallas, actually, for um, for a race. And I was like, let's go for a run. And I, I didn't bring my phone thing. And then, so I was like, I'll just carry the phone. He's like, no, I'll just leave it. I was like, but but I want, I'm want. i sure I'm going to want to take pictures because we're just a random picture of something we did. And he's like, yeah. it'll always live in your mind. And so we always joke about that now because there was this one really cool thing. We ended up sort of like inside this fence we had to climb over and it was a waterfall. Like this whole thing. And I was like so mad we didn't have pictures. He's like, Matt, the memory exists in your mind. And the irony is as I get older, it doesn't exist in my mind. I can't remember shit anymore. <laughs> I, I I get it. I understand that. I don't remember everything. We had we had uh, a bunch of workouts and like it's okay. You, I thought I heard on the last like podcast or something you tore a labrum. Correct. In your hip? Correct. That's that's terrible. That's painful. Uh, Correct. <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I, I haven't shared very much about that, but I, I used to dance. Uh, I was on, when I was in high school, I was on an all-male dance team and a co-ed dance team. We went to Anaheim for nationals and won. Uh, okay. Back so, up. Slow your roll. What are we talking? What were the categories? Uh, so in high school, it was pop and hip-hop. Like, so we would do different dances and it was, I was in high school, like right after the time, uh, like step up came out the original step up movie. Oh boy. I, I remember 
junior year of high school with like four of the guys we were watching step up and like trying to learn how to do all the moves and like just spent time learning how to do that. But my point of the story was I had a labrum tear in my hip at some point for a dancer's hip when I got to college. So I remember uh, that those hurt. Well, first of all, if anyone were to look at you, I'm going to go ahead and say you look like the whitest person I've ever seen. So the fact that you have some moves is amazing. I would love to see. I'm not going to ask you to do it, but I would love to see. Look, I told you, if I'm if I'm prepared and set up, it's right. So if it's choreographed and I know what I'm doing, I can move to it and I see somebody else doing it. Very good at imitating that. Okay. So where do you put Footloose? Well, Footloose was a... Uh, uh, Holy crap, I just blinked on what they're called. What are the dances where you, uh, it was a line dance for us because I did a whole bunch of country western dancing right? Uh, in college and Footloose was one of the line dances. So when it come up, you get in line, you do the Footloose dance. So we do a whole bunch of line dances because they're choreographed. And I know how to do those. I'm punching my card eight hours. So what? Well, I mean, we're we're just now you got all the classics. We got Footloose, we got Vision Quest. I mean, what a great time to be alive. I was a young man during this time, so what a great time for me to be alive. I get it. I get a lot of the. I don't know. I look back I, on the people call them the classics, but I would always listen to them and watch them, and for whatever they were. Um, well, if you're young enough that like you know now they're streaming, but you know once upon a time it was just cable, and it was like, oh, what's on? Oh, this is on cable again. And Vision Quest yeah. was on all the time. One of those movies that yeah. was on all the time. Yep. I had it on v- on a D- or VCR on a tape. <laughs> and then eventually probably DVD when it came out on DVD. Uh, yeah, I think I did have it on DVD too. Uh, was there any good bonus tracks on the DVD? I don't remember that much. Uh, I never really would watch bonus tracks. I just, I like, like the movie. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm the guy that would watch commentary like I'm that guy uh, for sure. That was me. Like I was a nerd that way, big time. I don't like people talking over my movies. I like to listen to what's going on. Well, if it's something I've seen a lot though, like certainly not the first or second time, but I also like I like I watch documentaries all the time, way before they were what they are now. Like we I remember I saw Hoop Dreams in the theater. I saw Roger and Me in the theater. Like this is like the beginning of documentary times and and like I love documentaries. I would rent them all the time. Just like I just pick it. I'd be like, this one looks interesting. And then I would go home and watch it. Okay. So you're running these marathons and whatnot and obstacle races. Uh and you're just working your job and you're just like, this is part of my this is part of my life. Did you start doing CrossFit? So I ran three marathons. It was the same marathon once a year. Every June I'd go up to Missoula, Montana, where most of my family's from, uh, and I ran the Missoula Marathon for three straight years uh, from 2011 to 2014, um, and I would do triathlons, like Olympic distance and sprint distance triathlons, uh, kind of wherever uh, I could do them at, and I never did a 70.3 or a 140.6. I figured, you know, when I get older, I can do those longer endurance things, but um uh, when end of 2013 happened, 2014, I moved back to Las Vegas. And uh, so like January 2014 is when I started doing CrossFit. Um, started doing CrossFit and did my first open 
in 2014. Um, and I, I had, what was, I've gotten hurt. What was, like, what was 14.1? Uh, 14.1 was double unders and power snatches. What was 14.2? 14.2. I think that one was the deadlifts. No, it wouldn't have been snatches. Oh, it was the it was the clean and jerk one where they did a max lift for the first time. I think maybe that was 2015. He's not looking oh, at notes, by the way. I just want you to know. I figured he would just know off the top of his head, and he did. I I do know most of them. I, I you would have asked me two years ago. I could have told you what every single open workout was. Very impressive. Very impressive. And in, in 20, uh, 2018 or 2019, we did every single open workout leading up to the open. So like one per day, we would do a, an open workout and uh, they got tough. So but. and then were you did you think like, oh, I can make regionals or just like this is just for fun? I, I mean, I thought I could. So I went into. I went into CrossFit after wrestling, after running. So I was not, I mean, I was still 185, 190 pounds um, and five foot 10, but I was running like 530 for a mile at that time. And then I started lifting. And as I progressed, I got hurt. I, I've gotten hurt through my whole wrestling career too. Uh, not in high, well, in high school, it started my senior year. I shattered my hand, uh, like a week before the regional. Uh, so I didn't get to go to regionals. I didn't get to go to state, even though I was like number one in the state at the time. So that was disappointing. Uh, and then at Oregon state, my freshman year, I wrestled an all American, uh, and got in a bad position and he tossed me on my shoulder and I, uh, separated or tore my sternoclavicular joint so it's this joint right here so it's your sternum and your clavicle where they meet it popped uh and so it's still a little poked out because of that and then uh, i've had high ankle sprains on both my ankles multiple times um yeah so when 2014 happened uh in the open i did something to my neck hurt my neck at like the third workout or fourth workout. And then I was squatting for 20 at the, after the open, I was like, I'm going to get strong. I'm just going to squat all year and 2015 is going to come. Well, I was squatting and, um, I, I had tight hips from several years of running at that point. And I, uh, herniated a disc in my back for the first time, took six months to recover. Uh, did the open in 2015, uh, 2016, I was demonstrating a, for a class and I was like, this is what you don't want to do. Like as a joke of what it, we called a burpee wall ball. So you would burpee, pick the ball up and do a wall ball. Well, I was being a smart ass and I did a wall ball and tried to burpee before the ball came down and then catch the ball and do another one. The ball came down right on top of my thumb when I went to go catch it and like bent my thumb backwards and broke my thumb, uh, in the middle of the class. So kept teaching. I was like, wow, that really hurt. Shattered my thumb into five pieces. Uh, and then 2017, I don't remember what happened. I'm sure something 2018, I actually was like, I'm going to go to regionals. And that's where Lauren came in and like, and 2017, uh, to Rhino. And like, so I had a, almost a whole year of working out with her and we did all the workouts and everything leading up to regionals. I thought I was going to make the South regional, uh, 
my the very first workout, I was like 10th or 15th in the region in the first workout, something like that. The second workout, uh, I don't know, it, it wasn't that great. And I ended up being like 110th place in it or something like that. And then the third workout ended up like same thing, 150th. So I'm starting to fall down. And then all of a sudden, the fourth and fifth workout, I did really well on and got myself back up. So I ended on the first page, but not above the cut line okay. of the regional. Okay. So, uh, and then after how, 2018, how do you do that year. Uh, so 2018 was the last year she qualified as an individual. Okay. Well, last year she okay. tried to. So she made regionals as an individual in 2016, 2017, and 2018. Uh, in 2017, she declined her invite and went on its team. But she was like sixth in the region when she declined her invite, and she went on team uh, Max Effort Avengers, I think it was. So, uh, yeah. And then 2019 happened, and I uh, got excited for the the open again. Was going to do really well. And the weekend before the open, so like Valentine's Day weekend or a little bit after, I had an appendicitis, and I had to go get an appendectomy. Um, so. Went and had surgery, couldn't do the open. And then I don't know if I tried to come back too soon or what happened. Uh, I started having more pain in my back. I was going to a physical therapist. I was going to a chiropractor for like seven, eight weeks. And then June 30th, something, I was working out, something happened. And from July 1st to August 22nd, 50, 52 days, I couldn't walk. Um Legit, couldn't move my legs, couldn't legit stand up, could not walk, but could not walk. I was laying down, couldn't sit down. The best position I felt the best in was kneeling on the ground, uh, half hunched over, uh, ended up, I had herniated a disc into my, in my back, into my spinal column, 13 millimeters. Um, uh, I don't know. I have a picture on here. I could show you of what they ended up taking out. I don't want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> but they, <laughs> uh, very squeamish. I, I don't want to see it. <laughs> I ended up having back surgery uh August 22nd of 2019 and uh they took out your your spinal column is about 1.5 centimeters 15 millimeters you know diameter uh is what they were told me uh I had six and a half centimeters of junk removed from my from that area uh that was pinching on a nerve in my leg. Uh, that was just, and that was just years of years of whatever wrestling and whatever. There was no specific cause. So yeah, more likely than not, I had some bulging disc or something and uh, I hurt my back in 2014 uh, with a disc herniation. It's like I used decompression from the chiropractor. They told me they had this decompression machine that would pull me apart. He told me I was like six, three on the table. So I was like, Oh, sweet. Uh, <laughs> But they had this machine that they said they told me that. So I, I did cycles of that for a long time. Uh, and it was just a weekend, a weekend disc. And I uh, went in and had a micro disectomy on my L4, L5. Uh, so they go in, they, you know, they fold the muscle back. They cut out a right, little. Stop. You got to stop. Dude. I'm very squeamish. Out. Just you had surgery. That's all <laughs> I'm way too squeamish. I and the right listeners who are also surgery. squeamish. I, uh, but my left leg still has like tingles on it and the bottom of my left foot uh, doesn't really have any much feeling anymore. So like the left, the last two toes of my left foot are uh, pretty much numb. It's like you can feel the bones sometimes. So it's like you're always running on a rock, but otherwise it's just not painful anymore. So you can walk. 
have you done a high rock singles or doubles? I have done one high rocks, uh, and the only I would have done more, but at the time the the men's because I'd always sign up for the pro, the men's pro or the men's weight was always overlapping with the female elite, and I was there to watch Lauren, not there to compete. Right, and so when I did, yeah, uh, I actually the only one that I've done is in Dallas, Texas at the Invitational. Uh, that was two years ago. And I hadn't been running very much. So I was like, I'm just going to try to run, you know, eight minute miles while doing it. And it didn't turn out very well. It was like, ended up running it. I don't remember if I was just above or just below 80 minutes. And what was your, what was your best marathon? Those three years you were in the marathon? Uh, three and a half hours. So Wayne, what, what that's like pretty a, good, right? Uh, when I ran the marathons, I was over 200. Really? Yeah. Fights though. That's very impressive. So. Yeah, I ran. I I think my exact time was three thirty six thirty six point three or something. It was like three six three six three six. Well, so. you're making me feel very grateful because I've had this, you know, I've had this labrum thing come up, but I feel pretty fortunate because I've been running, you know, a lot the last ten years, eleven years, and that's really been the only major thing I've had happen. Like I've never had, you know, plantar fasciitis, and people have IT issues. I've had random things I've gone to PT for but no real like injuries, quote unquote, and no broken bones. And this is the first real thing that I've had. And I went to PT yesterday and um, I got a guy who's like pro runner and like knows stuff. And that's what I want. You know, I want someone who knows like, listen, all physical therapists, you're all great. God bless you. But if you're just used to dealing with like older folks, I probably don't, I'd much rather have somebody that you like knows runner. So um, and it yeah. turns out I went to the, like, he, he asked me, he's like, Oh, how's Dr. Riser? I'm like, Oh, she was great. He's like, Oh, she's like the best person. Like, like we have, like, so it's this place at Emory and like all the NBA players go there and it's a whole thing. And, uh, anyway, so I'm on the mend. Uh, you know, we did some stuff yesterday and I'm going to go see him a couple times a week for the next couple weeks. And, um, I'm going to gonna start running again. Are they going to make you, they're not going to make you get surgery on it. For no. Fair. No, because it's 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 minor. And uh, I mean, I talked. It's funny. I talked to somebody who said they had minor tear and like every few years it would mess up. And then finally, after years and years and years, they finally had surgery. But yeah, that was not. I mean, I guess I could have asked for it and they would have been like, we don't recommend it. But if you want to pay for it, I mean, I don't I don't know. But um, but yeah. And so for people listening, um, it doesn't heal. Uh, it's not like it no. gets better, which is why I thought it, I was staying off it. Everything I've ever done gets better with a little PT. And even if I don't do the PT, just rest. And I was resting and resting and nothing. And like sitting in the car, heard it. And I couldn't tie my shoes. And so it doesn't heal. You can only you can only build up the muscle around it to protect it. That's all you can do. So that's what we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. They don't. I knew that labrum, labrums don't heal. And I'm not sure that discs really heal because there's no they don't have uh blood vessels to them right so like how is it supposed to regenerate right so and i'm a really bad patient like i said like i won't do pt i'll just rest and then eventually get back to it and then eventually tweak something again but i'm in enough pain now and by pain i mean not just physical i just mean the frustration of not exercising and getting fat and uh like i remember one point you and i were going to race and uh, that would not happen today. I weigh 15 minimum pounds more than I did when we were going to race. 
So really? uh, yeah, dude, I'm like wearing these like huge t-shirts. Like I'm not, I've never been this big in my life and I hate it. Oh yeah. I, a couple of years ago, I felt the same way. I was like pushing two thirty, and I was like, I don't, that's, that's not me. So when we were going to race, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to actually lose some weight and get ready for this. Hit that burrito 5k, make sure it's, it's, it's right. Um, and then it didn't happen. I was like, well, I'm still going to work out. Like I was getting up at 5 a.m. I was getting up at 4.30 in the morning to go to the gym at 5 every single morning when I thought we were going to race. I was like, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to smoke him. <laughs> and then what happened? I was I was getting ready for it. And then what happened? Uh, and then I couldn't go to Chicago. I think that's where we're going to do it, right? Correct. And I, I wasn't able to go to Chicago. A work thing at the time. I'm in a different job now. Much, much better. So Yeah, I uh, had... I had- I had drawn out the map. I had gone to Strava and figured out the loop and, uh, you did not show. So I win by default. Uh, right. uh, but that's okay. It doesn't really count. So you have a DNS, uh, but listen, I'm at least a year away now. Like we're going to we, we, like oh, I yeah. need some time to get back to get back to it. Uh, you know, it's amazing how quick it goes. You know what I mean? In the summer of 2020, you know, when I ran that like Ode to Laz, like I think I was thinner than I'd ever been. I think I was like 174. And I usually carry around like 180, 182. And I'm cool with that. Like that's fine. But I had gone all the way down to the like, you know, mid 170s. I was like, wow, this is amazing. And it's so hard to get back there now that I've let myself just go to shit. Uh, and I'm yeah. 95. And I've like never, like, never seen this much in my life. I mean, I can see my stomach. It's gross. I hate it. <laughs> I know the feeling. It's, it just makes me think I should probably do some nutrition stuff, but I don't, I haven't a long time. Weird wrestler, you know, weird relationship with food for a long time. So, well, uh, I've, I've gone back and forth and up and down. And, you know, the most basic thing is like, you got to track what you eat. So this morning I got up and my wife does, right? My wife's super healthy. Um, she's no high rocks world champion, but my wife's pretty healthy. And uh, I was like, all right, honey, I just need you to like, you don't have to, like draw me up a menu right now but like will you help me and she's like of course so yeah uh so we're basically on today's basically day one for everything you're catching me on a good day really? it's day one made a shake this morning weighed some stuff brought it for lunch i've already had two cups of water that's more than i usually have uh and i want to be like you know i want to be tomorrow i want to lose the weight but i know yeah. it's like okay you just gotta like it, hang in there very slow process like wait so I feel the same way. Sometimes I'm like, I'm just going to go cut weight. I'm going to go like, I've cut weight before I've lost, I've lost 12 pounds in a day. I lost, uh, 19 pounds over three days before. Super healthy, but super healthy. Yeah, for yourself. Super healthy. Just sucked in, dried out. So uh, I watched that documentary with, um, with, uh, Connor McGregor and they show him getting in a little thing, like a little tent, like a personal sauna. Yeah. And it like wow, did it look miserable? What what did you guys do back uh, back then? Did you just put on a hoodie and get on the stationary bike? So I had personally, I had a couple different things that I would do. Um, one of the things I did is I would put on a, a sweatsuit, a sauna suit, plastics, uh, and then I'd cover it with sweatpants and sweatshirts, and I'd go to the gym and I would run 0.4 miles on the treadmill. Uh, and then I'd sprint for a tenth of a mile. And I'd do that for two miles. Then I'd go get in the sauna for 15 minutes. I'd come back out, get back on the treadmill, do that same thing, go get in the sauna for 15 minutes. 
And uh, afterwards, like I could lose at least eight pounds doing that. Eight pounds is a gallon of salt water. So that's, uh, that's yeah, like one gallon of, of sweat was eight pounds. And uh, every practice that we would have, we would practice at three o'clock every day. Um, I would be probably eight pounds lighter at the end of a practice than I was at the beginning. Uh, and that's with like little water breaks too. So it's, uh, it's tough. Like I, so I wrestled guys. Uh, so for reference, some of the guys on the team that I was on, uh, we had all Americans, uh, on our team, like at some of the lighter weights, our heavyweight, uh, was an all American and he's like on the indie indie pro wrestling now. So he's, He's awesome. He's a giant. What's his uh, name? If you guys, what I know? Uh, like, I don't know. Do you watch indie pro wrestling in the San Francisco or Las Vegas area? <laughs> so he. Uh, I don't, but you never know. Just tell me what his name is. What's his, his wrestling name's Clay- name? His name's Clayton Jack. His uh, he's uh, Grizzly Jack or Cal Jack. Okay. Uh, probably somebody more that you might know is if you ever watch MMA. You ever watch MMA, like the UFC? A little bit. So my training partner three or four days a week because we would have class during practice sometimes. So we had to practice earlier uh, was Colby Covington. Okay. So yeah. Do you know, he, he probably has a shot at the title and, and UFC coming up. Okay. Yeah. So those were like some of our teammates and stuff. I, I don't remember where I was going with this. It's we okay. were talking about something. <laughs> I, I want to hear about how you go from uh, being single to dating Lauren. Uh persistence i actually we were at that run over the over the weekend and somebody asked like so how'd you get lauren and i was like i don't know i have no idea i would never phrase i would never phrase it that way that sounds barbaric i just said how did you guys go from so single to dating so i well i turned to her and i asked her so like what what attracted you to me and she goes it was probably his persistence Ah. (laughs) i i i did unique things for her like so I could just tell you how we, we started. I, I Yeah, I want to hear the like the she walked in the gym, the, my eyes lit up. That's what I want to hear. Well, yeah, of course. But so <laughs> she we were at the gym. We were at Rhino for probably about six months at this point. Um, you know, we, we would teach classes, hang out, work out. Um, and we would always do like we, we would have bets on different things. Like so you'd bet something on a workout or whatever it was. Well, one time there was a, there was an open workout that she had done earlier in the year and she had a great score on it. And I kept telling her, well, I could beat you if I had the same weight as you. And she was like, no, you wouldn't beat me if I had, I was like, okay, well, I bet you, what do you want to bet? And so what I did is I bet her that if I win, she has to be my partner in a CrossFit competition. Okay. And, uh, I get to pick the team name. Okay. And she was like, all right, I won. It was it was like maybe by three seconds using the women's weight. So it was, and I, I think I killed myself trying to do it. It was the, it was the workout. It was like nine or ten rounds of thirty five double unders and nine thrusters. And um, so I, I won. So I got to choose the. This was in November of twenty seventeen or late October, and I had picked a competition that was in February the next year. It was the Valentine's Day Massacre. Okay. But I hadn't told her what what our team name was going to be. And we would always go on runs, like lunchtime runs. And so like the next week or something, I, I knew what I wanted our team name to be. And I went on a run with her and I was trying to like ask her, like, 
hey, uh, so, you know, we just been, but she like blocked me. She's like, and she like cut me off when I was trying to ask her, uh, ask her out. And I like called her out. I go, did you just like block me? She's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, okay, we get to the end of the run. And I go, I go, Hey, I think I know what I want our team name to be. And she's like, Oh, what? And I was like, first date. Love it. And she thought it was cute. She thought it was cute. Adorable. And, uh, she said, okay to that. And I was like, all right, sweet. But that was three months away and I didn't want to wait that long. (laughs) So instead I made a giant scavenger hunt. I like making scavenger hunts, things like that. So I made this scavenger hunt that had her go through and like every time she would find a clue, it would like give her a letter and she would make a phrase. And basically the phrase turned out to be, um, I want to change our team name to fourth date because I don't want to wait that long. Like, (laughs) so, and, and so what a romantic this guy is the women, the single women are swooning right now that are listening. This is amazing. Well, I, I mean, I've heard you talk about your love languages before and I, I feel, you know, a little romantic. It doesn't, it's all right. Um, yeah. And then we had our big rhinos giving where everybody came over and I was at my house and, uh, and after everybody was left, I like finished the scavenger hunt and I kissed her and we say that's the first time we went out. So we're good. So what, and number, from there, so it's, what, it's so what number date was the, uh, what number date was the workout then? Uh, we still called our team first date, I think, but it was, uh, 27th date or something. 50th. Yeah. Date. Hey, we've, we've been going out for like three months. Right. Well, if that's just how you got her for a date, I'm dying to hear the proposal story because what you just described is usually what a man does for a proposal. <laughs> well, I like to, you know, put effort into things. No, uh, it's it's awesome. So and well and for- appreciated. Listen, anybody, man or woman, like I don't care what your language is, like someone doing that kind of thing for you is really sweet and hard not to love the person. So Yeah. Well, I uh for our proposal, what I was gonna do is I wanted to take her up to Oregon because she's never been to Oregon. And I wanted to go to Silver Falls because I don't know if you've ever been to Silver Falls, Oregon. It's a nine-mile hike with 10 waterfalls. Oh, wow. Um, when I wrestled at Oregon State, we would always we, – we'd take a retreat there prior to the start of every uh, of every year. We would take a retreat there because our coaches like the symbolism after three days of beating us up that we would walk by 10 falls because a fall in, in wrestling is pinning somebody – and there's 10 weight classes in college. So it was the 10 falls that we wanted to get, right? So we would do that hike. And so I wanted to take her there. And I had this whole weekend planned where we would like fly up and do these runs. And I'd show her Corvallis. And we were going to go to uh, Silver Falls and do this awesome hike. And I really like it because South Silver Falls, one of the last waterfalls you can walk behind. It's one of very few waterfalls in the U.S., you can actually walk behind the waterfall. There's like a trail underneath of it. So the waterfall's cascading over you. Uh, and I was going to do it there. Yeah. And I'd even bought a plane ticket for my sister to fly up to Portland because we were flying to Eugene and she was going to be there early and take photos because she she takes photographs like she's a for, like photographer. And so we were like, all right, sweet. So this all planned out about two weeks before we're getting ready to go. The whole place catches on fire. Oh, and so there were all these fires in Oregon and I was waiting, waiting, hoping we could still go about a week before I had to change our plane tickets. Uh, and I was looking like, oh, where else can we go? Because I was really trying to find another walk behind waterfall. 
Luckily, the airline that I had picked had a flight to Nashville, Tennessee, and there was a walk behind waterfall called Grotto Falls in the Smoky Mountains. Um, so what ended up happening is this is 2020, late 2020. So not too many people are flying. Everybody has to wear a mask. I got my sister to get on the same plane as us. Like she drove herself separately to the airport. She's waiting at the gate. And I'm like trying to distract Lauren so she doesn't look at her. And she's got her mask on and changed her hairstyle and was wearing glasses. And she got on the plane with us and she was sitting at a row in front of us. And, you know, they do this. So my sister flies to Nashville. Hang Tennessee, on a second. It's a how, ride. How anxious were you? I would be so anxious that she would be oh, spotted. Dude, I the whole I'm like I'm like having heart palpitations right now thinking about the amount of anxiety I had this whole weekend. I mean, I would have put her on the next flight. There's no way I could handle like when the, they go to the bathroom together. I mean, I would have been freaking the fuck out. It was so it was a legionnaire and they only fly one time like twice a week <laughs> to this location. So I was like I, I have to have her on this flight. Oh my god. And we get we get there, we get to Nashville. It's pretty late. We end up driving to Gatlinburg because uh, the hike is just outside Gatlinburg, Tennessee, which I've never been to a place like Gatlinburg. If you've never been there, it's awesome. It's it is. Gatlin, it's, it's Gatlinburg, like a, actually, but it's okay. It's it. Well, it's it's like a, the only thing I can relate it to is a county or state fair all the time. Yeah, it, it's just like people like so a state I, so fair. So I'm from here, right? I grew up here, and Gatlinburg is like kids go there for field trips, and it's a whole thing. My football team played so, there one year. Really? For a big, for a big, for a big like tournament. It's like a small little town with like all these lifts and stuff. Um, so we go there and, you know, I'm getting ready the next day. Cause I, I was going to do it early in the week. So wait, is the sister so staying at weekend. a different hotel? How did you plan that part? So, yeah. Yeah. She's staying at a different hotel. Okay. She had to get her own ride from Nashville to Gatlinburg. Right. Uh, and I, uh, the next weekend we, we go for a run and my sister, I said, I told her, Oh, we're going to go there at like 9am. I'm like, all right. So we're going to, and we flew our dog with us too. I got our dog, like uh, one of those ESA things so that we could take her on the flight with us. Um, so we have Willow and Lauren and me, and we're, we're at the hotel and then we go for a big run. And then I told my sister, we were going to be there at like nine 30 in the morning. So she gets up and goes on the hike at like 9am and is waiting at the end of the hike underneath like in the waterfall. So she has a good spot. Well, we're a little slower than that. And I don't think we left. I don't think we left the hotel. I'm like until like 10, 10, 15. Did you shoot her a sneaky text? Like, sorry, I'm being Yeah, silly. I tried. Yeah. I would shoot her a text being like, Oh, we're just leaving the hotel. But I didn't know Smoky mountains is like a big one way road and it's slow. And apparently everybody saw a black bear at the beginning so everybody stopped on this one lane road it takes us like 45 minutes to get to this hike and it's a two and a half mile hike and i am like sweating the whole time just like panicked inside like i know what's coming she doesn't know what's coming i don't remember hiking up i haven't said that like i don't remember hiking up to this this waterfall we get up there and like people are waiting there's a couple people waiting because people would like go up behind the falls and let somebody take a picture and all this Right, the people right before us, the dude proposed. Oh my god! <laughs> and I was like, kidding me? And I just remember she was like, "Oh, that's cute." Like uh, how it is. My sister was taking pictures of them because she at first thought it was us, right? So I uh, I do it anyway. Like we go, 
we go uh, to the back of the waterfall, and I like. What are the odds, though? What are the odds? I don't know that. Uh, but I, I turn around, and she's like looking. I'm like, oh, look at this waterfall. Hey, let's see if we can get somebody to take a picture. And I, I actually had my phone uh, on like microphone, like voice recording, because I wanted to hear the whole thing and make sure I was saying it right. Like, and so that we had that memory too. And I have this uh, voice recording, and you can hear the waterfall cascade over. And I turn around, and I go. Lauren, will you please marry me? Like down on one knee, she turns around and like falls down to the ground with me. And, you know, it was real cute. My sister's up in the pit in the uh, weeds up on a little ledge, taking pictures and stuff. She'd been up there for like two hours though. Uh, and she said, yes. And we got things. Uh, the ring actually though, I designed myself. I uh, went on some website and found a, a diamond that was like made in a lab. So I could, uh design this awesome ring uh that i wanted to make so it's like all twisted and it's like a wrapped leading up to the one diamond and so it's got not, like it's, sapphires so it's, a, and, it's so it's not a blood diamond no it's, it was made in a lab i like the lab diamonds they're i it, it's a it's a rock it's carbon pressurized carbon and so is there is there a picture on one of your feeds of this uh of this moment of the uh of the if i go through lauren's feed will i find it yeah, you'd probably be quicker to find it on mine. I don't post as much, so yeah, that's what I was going to suggest. So, I, uh, I, 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 while I'm looking for that, I meant to ask: Your name's Anthony Pedicini. Did your great grandfather come from the old country? When you said your great grandfather, when you were describing your family, he did. He came over from Italy. Uh, I'm going to blank on the name of the town. No, San Daniele. Um, but if you look on in Italy, it's Udine. It's the Udine area. Uh, so north. Northeast Italy, hardest working people on earth, I think is what they're called. All right. So this is October 21. This is a marriage photo. This is amazing. Looks awesome. Oh, yeah. We we just eloped. We didn't tell anybody. Nice. We just, uh, we just went and got married, had a photographer take pictures of us in these awesome locations and, uh, and just kind of did it on our own. We, we called the family that night and told everybody to jump on a Zoom call. We didn't tell them why. And that was like the reading uh, the official one with the officiant. Right. So, so that was, was this? Uh, what month was this? So I can make sure I'm going back far enough. When I proposed. Yeah. I proposed September of 2020. Okay. Here we go. Oh, there it is. There it is. Yep. That's awesome. And there's the dog. Yep. Good job, dude. Good job. Very impressed. Yeah. Very impressed. Actually, I have this. This is a piece of slate and it's uh, one of the photos from, I don't know if you can see that. It's coming in and out. Uh, it's a heart piece of slate, and it's got the photo of uh, us on it and the dog that we sat for after. Well, let's before we wrap up, let's talk okay. about uh, hybrid. Let's talk about the exciting uh, coaching plan that you launched. Uh, and I said, yeah. I, I said, is this the Tia and Shane of hybrid racing? And what did you say? I said, well, I hear that Shane bench presses a lot and can do short sprints, has a super fit wife and a young baby. So the resemblances are uncanny. Right. So let, let's talk about uh, uh, the hybrid engine. Yeah. So we have a platform. We're using the Fitter app. Uh, I guess it's a UK app, uh, but we're releasing basically our programming. I Lauren and I have been working together for a long time. Uh, we've been 
both of us have over 10 years of experience coaching at this point, whether it's through wrestling. I coached wrestling. She coached swimming and soccer. Um, we both coached a lot of CrossFit, have some running and triathlon background. Uh, like I, I think I said, mentioned earlier, I have coached my parents. Um, both of them have completed full Ironmans and half Ironmans uh, in under 12 hours and under seven hours. So, How old are your folks? Uh, uh, well, my dad passed away in 2021 uh, at 55 years old. And my mom is going to turn. She's 56 right now. So that's a bummer, dude. I, I lost my dad in November of 2020. Um, yeah, he made it to 70. I wish I could do math. <laughs> Wait, he's 40 years older than me. How old was I in 2020? I was he made it to 88. Yeah, he made it to 89. I, I'm sorry. Wow. I'm really bad with math. My my grandpa, my dad's dad is 89 right now. I talk to him a lot now, so I I, 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 I want to get this right. I'm really sorry. I want to get this right. You're good. Yeah. No, I understand. So when I was, was born he born? In 72, which means he was born in 32. 32. So what's 2020 minus 32? So he would be 91 right now. Three years earlier is so he was 89. 89. Yeah, he made it 89, which makes me yeah. very hopeful for myself that I might make it that long. Yeah. Wow. That's that's a lot, man. <laughs> so. Last few years, he didn't quite have his fastball. He wasn't nearly as sharp as he once was, but that's what happens, I guess. Yeah, as you get older, that's what happens. You start to deteriorate. Um, but if you, can, I, I really think it's about keeping primed. If you just do it every day, like it, it gets to be natural. Don't don't slack. Don't get low. I try to call my grandpa as much as possible because he's eighty nine right now, um, and we'll just talk. And he's he says that all the time. I'm not as sharp as I once was, and I'm like, oh, well, he's still pretty sharp. So can can I ask what happened so, to your dad? Uh, he got COVID oh, uh, in twenty twenty one. Yeah, it was he uh, he got sick and then he was on a ventilator for fifteen days uh, before he uh, I think it's sepsis or something that he just couldn't clear the lactic acid anymore and so basically like blood poisoning they pulled him off the ventilator and he didn't survive. Sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, it uh, it was tough. It was a shock. He was. In life, I always like to like. I, I think I said this before, not on here, but uh, he was like, he was like my easy button. He's somebody I go to for everything, um, and so it was tough. I, I really just wish he would have got to meet Lily, mm. uh, but you know, it, it's life. It's things happen and it's tough. Uh, yeah, so. I so much stuff reminds me of my dad. We had a lot of inside jokes, you know, that go back years. And like, uh, my dad was like, you know, when, when we lived in Boston, when I lived in Boston as a kid, but then I was back, I moved back with him in my early twenties and like, we'd go to Dunkin' Donuts and it's just kind of always been one of the things we do. And like, I'm a big Dunkin' guy, as you've probably heard. And so not every time I go to Dunkin', but like a lot of times that I go, there was this one particular one that makes me think of him or, you know, my wife, you know, Stacy actually put a, a picture of us on our fridge, a picture of me and him. And it like. It, I never don't see it. You know what I mean? It's been yeah. two and a half years, but like every time I open the fridge, I'm like, there he is. Uh, yep. So, um, yeah, man, he was, my dad was awesome. My dad was like awesome. That's awesome. Glad to hear that. That, yeah, I hope that's why I like, I feel like I have a great inspiration. And so now with Lily, I just want to be, I want her to think I'm as awesome as I thought my dad was. Right. So that's what, uh, that's what I think of when I, and I, I scroll through my photos on my phone. And I, of course, you see every single one. 
with them, you know, uh, as you're going through them. So it's, uh, it's, it's tough, but it, it yeah. <laughs> uh, some, some, some days my kids think I'm awesome. Some days they don't. <laughs> That'd be awesome every day. Right. What was that? How I met your mother when he's like, be awesome every day. Uh, and then he can't sustain it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get back to, uh, the hybrid engine, which, yeah. which, um, uh, you launched yesterday, I think. Yeah. So day one would have been yesterday. Uh, that was our, we announced it on Sunday and Monday was the first day of it. So it's the hybrid engine, uh, T H E. And it's uh, like I said, it's on the fitter app. It's programmed by me and Lauren working together. Uh, we have what we call the pro track, which is basically uh, most of Lauren's personal programming that I make for her that we uh, go through and kind of just adjust it a little bit because we aren't going to put out like, hey, run 10 miles a day, you know. So instead, we're like, you know, 60 minutes here, 60, like things like that. It's not meant for everybody just to pick up and go on, uh, you know, start out with what you're capable of first. Started out at an easier level, uh, and then you can move through it. We, like I said, we've been training people for a long time. Especially, her, I've been training her for a while. Um, I used to be back when I was at Rhino too. I was UNLV's PEX professor, so I taught CrossFit and boot camp classes for the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, uh, for four years. Like I wrote the course curriculums and uh, had beginner and advanced classes in that. Uh, I've gotten people, I've been part of two teams that have helped two different people lose a hundred pounds each and, um, taught CrossFit athletes, masters athletes. Uh, like I said, trained my parents in Ironmans, wrestlers, other CrossFit people, tons of CrossFit classes, um, for running really what we used to do is like when you're building an engine, you know, you build an engine it didn't matter to us. We we're something we played with, with Lauren is it didn't matter to us where the intensity was at, whether it was in running or whether it was in something else, you're going to have your long, slow things. You're going to have your zone two stuff. You're going to have your thresholds and all that. And so a long time for Lauren, it was all of her running. None of it was intensive. She wouldn't do speed work, didn't do thresholds. She would just go out and run for five to 10 miles every single day at a very easy pace. And all the intensity and all the uh, threshold, all the engine building work actually came through CrossFit workouts, uh, boot camp workouts, things like that. And so now we've adapted it. And actually, it was only this last year that we started doing uh, more threshold stuff. And so we got some double threshold days. Uh, like I said, the pro track is Lauren's training broken down just a little bit um, so that you have two days a week of threshold work. And then a second threshold in those days of machine work. So the morning would be running threshold. The evening would be machine threshold, either rower or skier. Uh, and then there's a workout of the day. There's always a strength, applied strength, extra credit stuff, just gross conditioning. So there's a lot of things that we break down in there and uh, how we do her training. So we have the pro track for that. We have the daily dose. Uh, which is just one hour of training. So it'd be just like your CrossFit class. So it's essentially just the, the main workout and the strength of the full programming uh, just moved over. So if you're already on your own running program and you just want extra workouts to be able to do, Daily Dose is the way to go. Love it. Uh, and then we also have some fixed track programs. So 
fixed track just means everybody starts whenever you want to start it at week one, day one, and you can add it into different programs that you uh, have. So right now, all we have out is a beginner running one that's like five days a week of running. Uh, for somebody that is starting with zero to eight miles per week of running. So if you're already running zero to eight, you can start, you can add this other program, this running program add-on. It's only like 25 to 40 minutes extra per day of for five days a week, and it'll help your running. It's 12 weeks long, uh, and it'll get you up to a higher mileage, a little bit better speed. And it's just for a beginner to add in to, like, if you're already doing your CrossFit classes, you're already doing boot camp classes, F45, whatever it is, uh, you can add this into it. I may need to start, I think I might need to start a beginner. I just need to treat it like I'm just, I haven't run in three months. You know what I mean? I just yeah, need to like. That's exactly, I do it all the time. Right now I'm like week five of it because I'm like, I'm just going to start running again. Where do you start at? You start at square one. And even if it feels easy, it won't by the time you get to, you know, five, six weeks in. Right. So that's, uh, that's how it is. Uh, you know, we uh, we have a platform. We've got a lot of support for it already, too. Uh, lots of different people. Uh, the Shiz Graphics sent us like a little graphic for it. Um, so I'm excited. We'll, we'll like get that out. He's awesome. Uh, yeah. Big fan, he was, big fan of the Shiz. Yeah. Big fan of the Shiz. Uh, so yeah, just a bunch of, uh, thanks for letting me say that. It was, I, we have more coming out too. building, you know, when you, when you have a program like this, it's a lot about building the community of it and we have communities, uh, for that. And so, uh, we're taking on very limited one-on-ones. I, uh, Lauren is going to start taking on with three and I'm going to start taking on with two. I just don't, I don't have the time. I work another job, which by the way, if you want to hear about it, it's really cool. Uh, but the, uh, just the other, with the other stuff, we, I still don't, I haven't really advertised that we have one-on-ones for me. Cause I, she had a whole bunch of messages in her inbox about people asking even prior, before we released if she does one-on-one coaching. Um, so I haven't really advertised it, but I still have my two spots open. So if anybody wants to message, we can get into it. I, I like to work really hands-on with that though. So I, I don't mind people messaging me and I get back to them as soon as I can. And, uh, and once a week with the consultations and, you know, personalized programming and um, just, I'll do, I, I, one of my favorite things is like strategy sessions before anybody's event. Um, so I would totally hire you fun. as a coach. If I was going to, if I was going to race competitively, I would hire you as a coach for sure. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I like the strategy sessions. I like the breakdowns after uh, an event. So like I'll, I, I have tons of breakdowns. I don't know if you want to, I, I didn't know what you were going to ask me. So I got all my stat sheets pulled up and we'll, 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 we'll save that for the next one. This was, this was, okay. a, let's learn about Anthony, which we did. And okay. let's get an introduction to the app. That was my two goals. Um, yep. I'm, I'm, I'm the opposite of you. I'm not a planner. I am a, here's two general ideas that I want to get to. And then usually I do. That's typically what happens. Now, I will tell you, unless it's really specific, like, and I think I'm going to forget. So uh, I'll just tell this as a, as a spoiler. I posted the other day that I'm going to talk to Ice from the American Gladiators. And uh, I reached out to her because I saw, like, you know, she's she's got her own podcast. I'm like, oh, she'll probably talk to me. And I'd actually met Dan. I'd met Nitro years ago. I reached out to him. And she's like, oh, you have to watch this interview that I did already talking about the ESPN one, which is like the shitty one. Like the good one is the is the Netflix one. And as I was watching it, I just thought of like 20 questions that I made notes for. Um, but other than that, 
I usually just let her rip. And so you was a let her rip type interview. So there you go. Okay. Well, I God, American Gladiator. That was, I remember watching that when I was a kid. Yeah. You should watch the Netflix doc for sure. And then ESPN is just a very different, it's interesting, but it's just a very different beast. It's more about the guy that created it as opposed to the actual gladiators. Um, okay, man, I think, uh, I think that's a good way to, uh, to wrap up here. Uh, happy July 4th, I guess. Yeah. Happy 4th of July independence day. Do you watch Will Smith's movie or what do you do for independence day? Um, well here's, there's, there's a race called the Peachtree road race, which is huge. It's like our Boston marathon, like 50,000 people do it. And so it's kind of like a, everybody does it thing. But the last few years I haven't, cause I've just been kind of over it and not gone. Um, but like typically like you don't run for time. You go to like high five people and people hand out beer or, or kids give you a, a icy pop or, and then like you go to your neighborhood barbecue and like you talk to your neighbors and talk shit like, Oh, did you beat me this year? Did I beat you? Anyway, all that to say this year, I'm doing nothing. I'm working right now. And then later, um, we'll probably go to Walmart and buy a few fireworks for the kids. And that's about it. We're, we're very chill over here. I don't know if you've picked that up over the years, but we don't do a lot. We're yeah. very chill on this side. You don't, you don't have a, a workout for 4th of July. Dude, I just got my I just got my hip back, dude. I'm uh oh. I'm gonna do some PT. I'm gonna like do my like uh, my monster walks and my uh what else does he have me do? Like these like clamshells, but when I lift my leg up, flip the leg this way. Like that's what I'm doing. That's my workout. I uh, I'm gonna end up doing a workout that I made Lauren do about four years ago, right before I hurt my back. So I never got to do it, but she told me when I'm good enough, I have to do this workout. And uh, so I, I think I'm going to end up doing it today and it might take me a very long time, but it's a two kilometer row for time. But starting with and every two minutes, you have to get off the rower and do a round of DT, which is 12 deadlifts, nine hang power cleans and six shoulder to overhead for guys at 155 for women at 105. And it's a miserable workout. This sounds so stupid. She- this sounds so stupid. And yet I feel like we should make it a thing like Murphy's Memorial Day. <laughs> I feel like this should become a thing. I think I think there's other hero workouts for uh, for Fourth of July. I think I saw one that's like people do Morrison, which I really like that workout. That's but the see, I'd 50, much rather 40, go off the board completely and just come up with yeah. like Anthony's stupid workout. It doesn't have to well, honor that, anybody. So yeah, well, it's a uh, it's a tough workout, but it actually fits because uh, Rally in the Valley is coming up. And one of their workouts is like a round of DT with some rowing. And so this is very similar to that. Um, and, but they're, they're using a lighter weight. So I was considering using a lighter weight today, but I think I'm just going to go with this weight and see if I can do it because she did it back in the day, back when she had a sub 345 DT time. Um, and so I'm going to try to do it now. And it's probably going to take me 30 minutes to complete, but will I see you and Lily at Rally in the Valley? No. I we I really tried. Uh we were going to, but it's like seven hundred dollar flights to get there. And then you gotta drive. And if right now Lauren's staying with Matt uh when she's there. But if you know we go, then we probably would have got a hotel and other stuff and it would have turned it into like a two thousand dollar trip. How about uh Battle Bunker October? Battle Bunker October, plan on being at. That one's easy to get to, just down in San Diego. Uh, and so we could, we might even drive to it if we spend an extra day, stop in Vegas, and then drive the rest of the way. Um, 
flyer drive. I actually, when I was on the live stream of the Western Regional, I asked the uh, I asked Austin. I told him he needs a co-host, and he said, "Well, send me an email uh, if you want to be the co-host." And I sent him an email, but I haven't heard back, so we'll see. But it will be there. I mean, I I guess I guess if you could be unbiased co-host, yeah, I can be pretty unbiased, but it's tough. I I have a big bias, so. All right, man. Good, good talk. Cool. Thanks, Matt. All righty. That was awesome. Thank you so much, Anthony. Really enjoy talking that with you. And especially, dude, amazing, amazing proposal story. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Glad you guys got to hear it. Maybe somebody out there will get inspired to propose in a badass way or use them for your coaching. You heard about it. They've got their own coaching platform. You want to be a world champ? These folks might know what they're doing. So we'll have the links to that in the show notes as well. Touch it right there on your phone. Have a great rest of the week, everybody. Love you. Miss you. Mean it. I've got to run.